Hello, and welcome to another edition of Advice Worth Keeping, a KPMG podcast focused on the latest trends and drivers impacting the future. And I'm pleased to have with us here today on Advice Worth Keeping, Liz Evans. Liz is a member of the U.S. firm. Uh, She's a principal and part of the shared services and outsourcing advisory practice. And joining Liz on today's call is Mitch Kenfield. Mitch is also part of the U.S. firm, also a principal, and a member of the CIO advisory practice. So Liz and Mitch, thanks for your time here today on Advice Worth Keeping. Our topic today is enterprise service management, which is obviously a very big topic. And this is the first of three podcasts that we're going to be doing on this topic. And what we'd like to do, just to start out with, is maybe take a step back before we get into exactly what is Enterprise Service Management, or ESM, but look at what are some of the challenges organizations have relative to service delivery, service management, and what are some of the problems that exist within organizations today that ESM can help solve. Liz, maybe to start out, What are some of the challenges around service management that ESM can address, and what are some of the problems that organizations face relative to service delivery, service management that they're looking to solve through ESM? As you know, we've put a lot of effort in recently to looking at and helping our client organizations look at the future of their business services capabilities. Historically, we've spent a lot of time looking at how to optimize that, whether it's leveraging shared services, global business services, different organizational constructs, leveraging third parties. It's always been about optimizing the service delivery. That's always been the focus of the conversation. And more and more organizations are saying, how do my internal employees, my internal customers want to receive these services? Are we automating these services fast enough? Do we have enough self-service? have we optimized in a way in which the employees want to receive these? So instead of looking at service delivery as the guide for how to deliver and how to provide, how to provision the services, organizations are starting to look at the employee as the North Star and saying, how do we make that employee's life easier? How do we bring an environment to them, allow them to digest and consume services in a way that enhances their productivity? makes it easy for them to navigate our internal organization and utilize the services that we believe are important for them to do their day-to-day lives. And how do we bring them together and break down some of those functional silos, again, so that we don't make the employee the service integrator and force them to go to different departments and different functions just to get their jobs done. So more and more executives are talking to us about How do we make the employee's life easier? How do we leverage technology and put a framework around that to allow our employees to be more productive? I think the way you described it as this is driven by the employee. Maybe in the past we focused too much on the execution of the service just from a cost optimization. And while that's really important, ultimately these services that we provide within our companies are about making that employee more effective, more content, and more productive in his or her daily job. And so I think when you take the intent or that challenge, if you will, then you look and you say, historically, maybe the technologies weren't ready to support that. If you think about the types of technologies and capabilities we use in our consumer lives from a digital perspective, from an interaction, it meets you where you're at, it looks and feels and anticipates your needs and persona, we don't always have that in our work environment. 
And so a core part of this challenge is our employees have more and more choices that we want them to be loyal. We want them to be productive and excited about our firm and the company they work in. Our clients need that. But at the vice versa, it sometimes can feel clunky when they interact with the corporation and it, and it feels less consumerized, if you will, than what they deal with in their daily lives. So fundamentally, ESM is around organizing the services from an effectiveness perspective in a way that they're cleaner, they're more efficient, they're more optimized from a cost perspective, and they're more palpable, if you will, to the customer of those services being the employees of our clients. So Mitch, maybe to continue on that thought, Let's get a little bit into the specifics of ESM itself. If I'm an organization, I probably already have systems which support some elements of ESM, but if I'm looking at an architectural standpoint of what are the capabilities that an ESM system should embody, what are some of the key types of functionality that's required to deliver the types of things you and Liz were both just articulating? Sure, let's talk about it first from a process architecture perspective with what should drive. So the first aspect of that process is I need the ability to interact with my employees, to bring services to them where they're at. And I need to be able to interact where they request services. They want changes to what they have. They have questions. They have issues. I have proactive notifications. I need to be able to interact with them on the service. So then from a technical architecture perspective, you can take that straight to a digital interaction layer, something that provides a single experience. It's consumer grade. It's mobile. It fits what we expect to use as consumers, and it provides me that single place to go to from an interaction layer. And then on the process side, the next step is when an employee needs something, requests something, has an issue, it has a change in their life where they need services to support them. The next step is, okay, how do I orchestrate and get those services enacted, approved, fulfilled, you know, measured, et cetera? So on the technical architecture side, that correlates to an orchestration automation layer and something that can route, manage, fulfill, you know, execute, or so on. And then on the bottom layer is all those things that they need ultimately connect with the providers of the service in the company. So, for example, if I have a request to go above a leave balance, maybe I don't have enough personal time off and I want to request to take a little extra and go negative, if you will, that ultimately is managed and executed in the HR group and usually through a core HCM type system. So the third layer of the architecture is the integration and connection with the systems of record that execute corporate functions. So think of a system of engagement, interaction, a system of orchestration and automation, and then finally a system of record that makes it all happen. And then connected visually, if you think along the side of that, are capabilities for intelligent automation, robotics, virtual agents, things that across those three areas automate and orchestrate. Okay, so Liz, Mitch did a very good job of articulating the different components and the different levels from an architectural standpoint of ESM, maybe turning to the different mechanisms organizations have for service deliveries. So, for example, in the context of global business services, which could involve shared services operations, the use of third parties and outsourcers for IT and business processes, where does ESM fit in with global business services to take two big acronyms and put them together. Is ESM something that a universal platform an organization should have that the service providers should tap into? Is this something that they're looking to third parties to implement and enable? So is there a monolithic platform or is there a monolithic architecture with maybe multiple platforms delivered and supported by multiple parties? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Our employees don't really care whether it's a third party, whether it's our GBS, whether it's a shared service environment actually fulfilling their request 
or the technology that they're using as a system of record. They care about their life to be much easier. So we're talking about constructing moments that matter, experiences for the employee. Those can be macro experiences, things that are very important in all of our lives and careers as we go through our journeys, like, for example, onboarding and offboarding. But onboarding, think about bringing a new employee into any work environment. There are HR components, there are legal factors in terms of employee agreements, etc. There's facilities, there's IT, there's security. I mean, there's a whole variety of individual services that you could request individually from those functional areas. But if you pull them together in an experience and allow your employee to make requests, provide updates, interact, get notifications, get some insights, get some knowledge about the process, it's going to make the experience of joining the organization much better for the employee. Similarly, there are also micro moments that matter that make our employees more productive. Let's say a new supplier setup or a new vendor setup. You're going to have to go through IT risk and security. There's usually some procurement, getting them set up on the accounts payable system. The whole variety of small requests that go into setting up a supplier effectively and being able to monitor them. So we're looking at this not necessarily from a channel perspective, who fulfills the request, who fulfills the ask, which channel provides the information, but how do we nest those services together, which may sit across different functions in a GBS environment or shared service environment, and make that transparent to the employee. So the employee can request those, as we call them, nested services, so that they have a better experience through that interaction. Back to you, Mitch. Clearly, from what you and Liz have been describing, ESM is a very valuable asset for any organization overall, and particularly from the employee experience perspective and, more importantly, productivity perspective. But how should organizations view and measure success? I mean, is this just intuitive? Organizations should be investing into ESM, or is there a particular business case and a particular set of benefits that can and should be measured, or is this just something all organizations should have just because it's intuitively a good thing to have? Great question. I think the answer is both. What we're seeing from our clients is the vision, if you will, and the need to move is intuitive. It just it makes sense. It's what their employees expect. It just is the right thing to do kind of a statement. That said, I mean, change is not small. We're talking about breaking down corporate silos. We're talking about changing the way we interact with employees. And in some cases, we're talking about treating our employees like true customers, which isn't always the case, right? And so it has a change and, and it has a cost associated, so therefore has to show results, right? So I think it's both. On the show results side or the real benefit, we're seeing two things. First of all, we can't discount that employees have choice and employees are more likely than ever to move. This isn't the days of earlier generations and you know, where you started with the firm out of college and you just worked hard and finished your whole career in 30-whatever years, right? And we see our employees making decisions based on, I like my firm, this feels good, they value me, those things. And so the experience layer and the interaction, and that is really important. So we see our clients truly measuring satisfaction of their employees and the services they get and not just from a, yeah, we solved your issue, but are we supporting you? Or do you feel valued as an employee, right? So those things, just like an external company would measure its consumers likelihood to recommend and those types of things, right? And so we're seeing benefits and metrics, if you will, to measure the results in that side. 
And then on the vice versa, there is a significant opportunity here to optimize the actual delivery of services. I think to Liz's point earlier, in the past, maybe companies have focused a lot on optimizing services within a function. You know, how do I do finance shared services and optimize that, get that lower cost, maybe I move it offshore. But these services are all connected. And from an employee perspective, can you optimize the delivery and the experience you're giving me in complex cross-corporate services and functions? And maybe like an international assignment is an example. A complex multiple parts, can I make that more efficient? Can I automate can I provide you the ability for better self-help and self-execution? Can I look at combining support functions? Do I need a separate IT service desk than an HR service desk? Or can I have a support structure with virtual agents and intelligence that supports employees and I have individuals that when needed can support multiple corporate issues? That's the way we're seeing. And I think the second area of value has some significant opportunities in that cost optimization and service delivery optimization type world. We're also seeing different parts of our client organizations engaging with us on conversations. So it isn't necessarily just the GBS leader, isn't necessarily just IT or HR, but organizations at any point in the executive suite are saying, how do I make this better? Some of them are even coming to us as part of either divestiture or integration activities when there's been M&A and said, how do I integrate into a new environment more quickly? How do I not create a legacy environment that I then have to optimize in a couple of years down the road? How do I create the environment I want for my employees and my service delivery environment from the get-go? So there's lots of different points of entry into this conversation. The key guide that we're seeing as a consistent theme is how do I make it easier for my employees and then as a result, remove some of the complexity in my delivery environment? Great points. I think this is a good place to wrap up. Thanks to both of you for your time today. I think you did a great job of setting the stage as to what are some of the challenges or opportunities organizations have relative to service management and the employee experience. Liz and Mitch, thank you very much for your time today on Advice Worth Keeping. I hope you'll join us again for another provocative discussion on Advice Worth Keeping. Thanks for listening.